Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. Hi, everyone. I'm Chris White, president of Career Crossroads, and your fitness instructor for the next 10 minutes as we chat with one of my favorite personalities in the talent industry, Linda Brenner, the co-founder and managing partner of Talent Growth Advisors. Now, this is a rapid fire segment aimed at giving you just a nugget or two of someone else's experience and the lessons that they've sort of learned along the way. Now, we pick the focus of these topics in advance and through our 2021 priority survey that anyone can participate in. Already hundreds of talent leaders have chimed in on the topics of diversity, ethics, change management, internal mobility, and more. So if you haven't already, drop your thoughts in uh, as well by finding the 2021 priority survey within the research and reports section of CXR.works. But do it quickly. We're actually going to close that out this month and publish the results. So if you're here with us live in the studio audience, you can drop a question for today's guest in the chat section. And if we've got time, we'll try to answer it for you. If we run out of time, you can always add it to our open and public exchange found at cxr.org slash talent talks. Now, I feel like I've already burned through the first five minutes of our chat. Let's get right to it. Linda, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited for our rapid fire session. <laughs> are you ready to fire away? <laughs> I am, yes. Look, for those who are not lucky enough yet to know you, Linda, let's get a little background. Like, who, who is Linda Brenner? What do you do? So I lead uh, Talent Growth Advisors. We're a management consulting firm that blends finance and talent expertise to help our clients improve the speed and quality of hiring. So I've been doing this business for 17 years. Before that, I worked for Gap and Pepsi and Home Depot in different operations, talent acquisition, talent management roles. You've been doing this a while. I have been doing this a while. I am what you'd call grizzled, cynical, bitter, maybe angry. <laughs> maybe a little, a little, just a little peppering of angry. Maybe a little of both. All of it, yeah. <laughs> so what that tells me is uh, you've learned a few things along the way. Yes. So, so we chatted a little while about how you, you don't need every single role right? To, to necessarily be vital. Like, is there, is there, is there something in there? Like what, when you say that not all roles are critical, what, what exactly do you mean? Well, I would say that the old paradigm of running HR, where we throw everything we've got at all the senior roles, we, we send the jobs to search and sp spend $200,000. We give them mentors and MBAs and all that. And then we spread our resources more thinly as we get to middle management. And then the bottom, we just, whatever's left, we just spread it like peanut butter and call it a day. That I would argue never worked, although I certainly thought I was doing a good job back in the day using that kind of framework. But what we help our clients do is connect the roles that are essential to building business value, which in almost every industry is intellectual capital. So if you're Merck, it's research and development. If you're Home Depot, it might be merchants. If you're Raytheon, it's your missile engineers. If you can't get hiring and retaining those jobs right and kill it, it becomes moot how well you're doing for all the other jobs. So this is a little bit uh, more complex than just getting back to the basics of trying to hire Correct. Folks. Yeah, okay. I would say so. Okay, so give, give us an example, like give us, you know, one big takeaway from, from a shift in an organization, sort of headspace around that. Like, how, how do you get a company to realize that you can't push all the peanut butter to the top? 
Yeah. Well, it's it requires uh, looking at the business and connecting the talent strategies, the business plan. What are the talent implications of our growth plan? And what jobs are most essential to us growing the business? And in turn, what is the scarcity of that talent? If you're Amazon Web Services and you got to hire 16,000 developers, there's not 16,000 de developers to hire. So how you're gonna go out, you've gotta find them, you've gotta poach them, you've gotta build relationships with them, you have to build pipelines over years to get that kind of talent in a consistent way. That's different than if you're Delta hiring flight attendants or your Chick-fil-A looking for operators um, to apply for franchise positions. There's a lot of talent that wants to do that. And there's a lot of talent that's qualified to do that, arguably. Um, not so much a software developer or a missile engineer at Raytheon. So is there is there some sort of methodology or framework to determine which one of my jobs are flight attendants and which ones are missile techs? We look at business, the relationship between the role and its ability to grow business value for the company. So every job is important or it wouldn't exist. It wouldn't be budgeted. So, and every person is beautiful and precious. <laughs> now, I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm you not, are I'm kind not, and you are wonderful me. and you. <laughs> and, but there are certain roles that drive business value and there's certain roles that support the driving of business value. If you're Apple and you're in innovation, you are responsible for growing business value in the work that you do. You have that opportunity by de definition of your job. If you're a payroll coordinator, you're important. That's a role. It's budgeted, but you're supporting the work. So we don't have limit unlimited resources. So we've got to deploy our talent talent acquisition, talent management, HR resources, judiciously and strategically. And it's gotta be connected to the business or it's all gonna go away. It's all gonna get outsourced. Have you, and not to throw any clients under the bus, uh, but have, have you seen any examples where the pendulum just swung too far back in the other direction when trying to adjust for that? I think that I that does not, come to mind, but we get our best work when companies have done that pendulum. I mean, this is bad to say because it's terrible for them, but it's like we decentralize, now we centralize. Yeah. Now we're doubling down on AI. Oops, that didn't work. We got a new ATS. We hired a new guy. Now it's worse. It's because there is no strategy. There are no defined processes and there are no measures of success. So. I, I would, the thing we find over and over again, and it's really becoming um, unsustainable for a lot of companies is the manager is the customer of the recruiting team or HR. And those managers, first of all, range from super on point, dialed into what is required to win top talent in the marketplace to, can I say deranged, unhinged, you know, irresponsible, yeah. Totally. So we have to change the paradigm. Recruiters and managers should work together to win the customer, which is the top talent in the marketplace. It cannot be, I have to just do whatever based on your whims, your preferences, your habits, your history, because then I've got 400 hiring managers and 400 different processes. That's untenable. And it's now you want diversity, you want scarce talent, you're competing against a giant competition for talent. You will never win if we're trying to appease every hiring manager. Yeah. Oh my God, is that it? Am I done? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all sweaty. I'm all, golly. 
So we've seen um, we've seen this sort of uh, a shift being pushed for years. This realization that when you when you lay it out like that, sounds like a no brainer. But we've seen organizations trying to make that move and working and, and doing it incorrectly and sort of breaking it as they go. Or like you said, this cycle, right? This cycle of back and forth and back and forth. Has the pandemic changed any of that effort or is it, ju- is it just more the same or has there suddenly been a, we're going to take all our old T&E budget that we don't have anymore and now we're going to throw some money at shifting how we look at, uh, you know, the talent within the organization. Any shifts there any, that you've seen? I mean, I think what's harder, what's happening right this minute for all of us is that hiring leaders in some cases as senior leaders want to double down and say, we're going back to the office. We're going to pretend this never happened. I need eyeballs on people. And if you're what we call box one, you are a business critical role. So you're a research scientist at Merck and you have skills that are in scarce supply in the marketplace and you're demanding things like pay or bonus or um, work from home, flexibility, whatever, you're in the driver's seat. So senior leaders can say whatever they want about, you know, they want to go back, but it's that ship has sailed and it's going to be very tough. You're going to lose talent if you insist on hiring within the Chicago area versus uh, really thinking flexibly about what kind of talent. Of course, it, it, you know, if you're a research science, you got to be in a lab. But if you're a merchant, if your other jobs, uh, certainly developers, cybersecurity, data analytics, I mean, those people can be in Chattanooga or Austin. It's, so. it's a, yeah, it's a tough thing we are seeing <clears throat> even today where the leaders are having a really hard time wrapping their head around how Silicon Valley doesn't necessarily have all the best talent, right? right. So, so, so are you seeing anybody really embrace that successfully? Is that because of the pandemic? Is that what's going on? We're like, well, sh- well shit, it could work anywhere. Well, we know like Salesforce companies have already come out and said, we're not open it. We're always going to work from home. And of course, it's always going to be the cutting edge industries, the technology firms, because the, the competition for talent is so fierce. They have no choice. But what's going to happen in CPG and retail and hospitality and manufacturing, it's, it just takes a long time to really change those kinds of uh, HR policies and practices. I agree. I have a feeling we'll be around for that. Back yes, I think we will. And back and forth. All right, Linda, thank you so much. You are a delight. It is always fun to get you. Oh my you. gosh. Thanks. <laughs> Next week, I hope everyone will join me as I sit down with founder and CEO of Smart Recruiters, Jerome Turniak. Now, if you haven't been paying attention to what the Smart Recruiters team has been up to over the last year, this is your chance to catch up. Now, Jerome is going to talk about how leaning into purpose became a rallying cry for him and the entire team last year and the difference it has made both inside and outside of the company. So please join us, invite your mom, maybe your brother-in-law. I promise there will be something uh, for everyone squished into those 10 minutes. And until then, I'll be looking for you online at cxr.work slash talent talks. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X We'll catch you next time.